The Rigger Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Drzebski for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. You know, unless you're wearing Philly red or you're, you're Philly, they don't like you. You know, and I love that. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Sheil Kapadia, joined by my friend Rich Hoffman from PHLY Sports and, of course, ace producer Cliff Augustine. The Phillies, Rich, the Phillies. I was just, I said, I don't want to have a Wednesday night where we have Aaron Nola in an elimination game. We avoided that. Phillies win four to one. I would say like two thirds of the game was stress free. Then it got a little bit stressful. But they come out with the victory. Got to win one of the next two, and you're moving on to face the Braves. You look like I me. Mean, you you probably aged what two three years in the last uh, two and a half hours. I think so, man. I forgot. You know, <laughs> you know. You think during the entire summer when you're watching a hundred plus games of this team that oh, I, I can't wait to get back to October. That ballpark's going to be rocking. Maybe you watch some YouTube highlights. You know, you watch the Harper home run against San Diego a bunch of times. It is the most torture of any sport by a mile. That was a relatively stress-free win. And I thought there were like four moments in the last three innings that were brutal. It's it, every time a guy gets on second base and it's like, okay, Josh Bell is just going to get on second base every time yeah. um, is going to be that guy in this series. It, it's it, it's uh, indescribable. Now, I, I think the pitch clock, uh, despite Craig Kimbrell's best efforts uh you know to fight back against it it doesn't apply uh, to him yeah it doesn't it doesn't apply to him <laughs> at least it's only three hours of torture like that was a three-hour game that's pretty long i guess for phillies games now yeah and so I, I guess that's the only positive i can say that you know they probably shaved off about a half hour to 45 minutes of what that game would have been like in past seasons also with the three batter rule but it is i, I love it but it is a beautiful form of torture because really you got like a great start you got clutch hits yeah. you know defense was pretty good for the most part except the one play in the uh in the seventh inning and, and yet I, I was still terrified by a team that has like a negative a thousand run differential yeah it's just the way it works you know 
There's really nothing like it. I mean, no other sport can compare to just, yeah, this feeling of playoff baseball. Like we remembered it last year for the first time. I was like, oh, we haven't felt this in a while. I thought this year, yeah, it'd be like, all right, we're used to this. We had last year. No, it all, the, just the emotions, the anxiety you feel. I'm like sitting on that thing, dropping F-bombs at Craig Kimbrell in the, in the ninth inning. Like what is going on here? Uh, and then they come uh, through, but, and that, and this was only game one. So uh, we got to talk all about it. Let's start with the ninth inning, uh, Rich, because like you mentioned, Josh Bell, Philly's killer, uh, rips a double, and first, I'm like, why is he going for two? Like, you're down by three runs. And it was actually kind of a close play at second base. Like, if that were the, a Philly doing that, I'd be like, what are you doing? You're down by three. Why are you chancing it? But he rips the double. Uh, then the broadcast. I mean, did you catch What this? the hell was that? <laughs> what was that? The broadcast all of a sudden just start showing this highlight package. And like, it's not like it went to something else, like Carl Ravitch and the crew, they're still on the thing. But all of a sudden on your screen, in like the big, the most tense moments of the game, you're seeing highlights from other games happening today in between batters. What was happening there? I I could not believe it. And <laughs> I thought my, my YouTube TV, which I like, I, I did I have a, a YouTube a, TV, yeah. I had an issue with it. I think the Celtics were playing a game in uh, in the playoffs. I think they were playing the Heat after they knocked out the Sixers. And I was wondering, like, is this like, does this have something to do with them? And, and it, no, it wasn't. Like, I, I just kind of looked up on Twitter. Everybody was seeming to have that problem. It was an ESPN issue. It was. I mean, it's the most tense moment of the game. You <laughs> probably have forty thousand people in that ballpark that are like me, just nervous, and you know their bodies wriggling all over the place. You can focus on Craig Kimbrell, you know, doing his doing his whole routine and all that stuff. And like the first time was bad enough. And then when they went back to it again, it was it like happened twice. I can just imagine, um, you know, the amount of like 50, 60 year old dads in, uh, you know, in Delaware <laughs> County, Montgomery County, Springfield Bucks County, yeah. just just being absolutely <laughs> furious, throwing something at the TV. I wish I could have seen a highlight montage of that. It was, yeah, it almost took my mind off uh, what a tense moment it was because I was like, ESPN, what the hell are you doing? But uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was horrifying. I mean, I, I think you you talked about it. I listened to your pod with the uh, with the high hopes guys. Like, I guess that's just the way the game went. But Craig Kimbrell, I am absolutely horrified every time he pitches yeah. in even a remotely close game. Yeah, I, I don't know how we're going to uh, to survive this. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, Kimbrel on his own is enough. We don't need... It was it was kind of like the end of The Sopranos. Remember the first time you watched it? And you're like, wait, yeah. What, yeah. what's that? Like, is this... Did something happen to my TV? That's like what happened. You're like, wait, did I accidentally, like, you know, did, did my butt hit a channel and, like, it switched to something else and now I'm on Baseball Tonight or whatever? So, yeah, that, that was uh, too much. Then Kimbrel has to do the intentional Bach thing. Which is like, dude, you're up by three freaking runs. He does not matter. Pretend that that person does not exist. He has to do the intentional balk, moves the runner uh, to third base, and then pitches and gets out of it. And so luckily, thank God, the tying run did not come to the plate. Or Ooh. else, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that we'd be uh, talking here <laughs> right now. But I'm with you. Like, 
I mean, I think they managed the bullpen fine. Like you bring in Alvarado in high leverage. He comes through. You bring in cousin, your boy cousin, Jeff. I mean, just what so a proud. playoff debut for the Phillies. I, I can't believe how confident I am. When, when cousin Jeff comes in, I'm just like, you're out of luck, batter. It's over. He, <laughs> he, he threw, I think, a pretty bad 0-2 pitch to Soler in the biggest, uh, probably the biggest step out of the game. And it yeah. wasn't like a horrible pitch, but like he, he should have got it outside and he did on the on the next back got some weak contact and i was like you know that's like a below average outing for him just inducing like like weak contact in the most uh <laughs> now i'm sure that's gonna come back to bite me at some point but you know they said it on the broadcast the guy thought he was gonna be pitching in japan at the end of april and now he's like clearly one of the two best pitchers in the bullpen clearly one of the two guys that everybody in philadelphia is like yeah like look if we lose with him okay like that's fine. I, I trust him more than pretty much anybody they have back there, and they have options. I swear, from the time you introduced Cousin Jeff to me, when you first called him Cousin Jeff, and I since that moment, I don't think he's allowed to run. I don't know when in the season that was, but since then, I've just been on my sofa all season yelling, Cousin Jeff, and he just comes through every time. You're right, Solaire, now that I think about it, he had the one off the end of the bat, right, that went to uh, down kind of the left field line, and I, I think they didn't show a replay, uh, first of all, of it. So I don't know if it, it it looked like it landed in the field of play. Marsh didn't get to it, but it was pretty close to uh, the stands there. And yeah, that was the one where like, ooh, okay, uh, come on, cousin. Now let's uh, let, let, let's not uh, mess around with this guy here. So he gets in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I just like, I, I guess th this is the option. I mean, I don't know who else they would have brought in in that situation when you've already used uh, Al, you could have brought in cousin Jeff to pitch again, which I thought maybe they would do that. But I guess Topper's like, dude, it's the first game of what we're hoping is a long playoff run. It's like, it's like, up, it's like yeah. we're up three runs. Like, come <laughs> yeah. on. Like, yeah. if he's on the roster, you got to, uh, use him there. But yeah, I don't know how we're going to survive. Um, Greg Kimber. I mean, David Cohn was saying he turned the pitch com off. And he wanted to do the old school signals. And that's why he did the intentional balk to move the guy to third. It's just like, my gosh, if somebody gets on base, it's over with Craig Kimber. I, I don't know what you can do. If a guy reaches second base, it's like it has to be over. And I forgot until, yeah, Jack Fritz mentioned it, that the Marlins were the team where he had kind of the the meltdown where he thought, you know, they were they had something on him and they're stealing signs. I'm like, oh my God, that was the Marlins. I didn't even think uh, about that storyline, but he got out of it. He didn't allow any runs. We'll we'll uh we'll move on from Craig Kimbrell. All right. Yeah, he's go been ahead. a heart attack guy. I, I just the, yeah. the one thing though is the fact that they're closer, whenever a guy gets on first, it's not just that he gets the second. <laughs> now, now he gets the third now? Like that's the <laughs> that's the way this is gonna work. It's uh yeah. So that's hey, look, that's where they are. I, I'm not blaming Thompson for how he managed <laughs> the game, but man, I even even if his numbers, like you said, are, are not as bad as they as the it's kind of felt like, you know, he's, yeah. he's been able to strand a lot of the runners he has on. I mean, his, his like whip is really bad in like the last couple of months, yeah. but uh, he is, he's a heart attack. So that's all right. I have to admit you and I, as I would say two people who enjoy like the nonsense of sports, you know, like the absurdity of standing outside like an athlete's locker and being like, I'm not trying, you know, like this is awkward for all of us. I'll wait. Like all these yeah. little things you and I have talked about over the years. There's something about me that appreciates a guy who at 35 years old, one of the great closers really of our lifetime, just throws the ball down <laughs> like a seven-year-old in T-ball. Like that is fun. Like he just did this in a playoff game. He just threw the... <laughs> 
and it was so ridiculous. The ump didn't even realize it on the first one. He had to do it again. He's like, I got to do it a second time. Okay. I mean, that's legitimately funny. So, uh, Greg Campbell, maybe I do. I enjoy that. I enjoy how, while like the biggest thing in baseball this year has been the pitch clock. He's just like, nope, sorry. I'm not doing that. I play by my own rules. I'm not making eye contact. I'm not using the pitch clock. I'll pitch when I'm ready and we'll let the chips fall. (laughs) Oh my God. Amazing. Why we love baseball. All right. So that's uh, Craig Kimbrough. That's the ninth inning. We'll have many more uh, opportunities to talk about him. Zach Wheeler. I mean, Zach Wheeler helped us, Rich, because he gave us six innings of like as stress-free baseball as you can really have. I mean, he goes six and two thirds. He allows five hits. One earned drawn, eight strikeouts, didn't walk a batter, which I didn't realize until I'm looking at the box score. I'm like, oh yeah, he didn't walk a batter uh, all night. Just so efficient throughout until that last inning there when he finally gets uh, to 100 pitches. But like just all the graphics that are showing up and all the nuggets that are circulating, like, I mean, he is reaching like legendary Phillies pitcher status when you look at the names um you know the, the list he's on right now after the really after last year but now as he builds on it with it, this start and hopefully another long playoff run he was tremendous that uh that seventh inning also felt like very fluky i, I know he fluky, made the mistake. Yeah. i actually i actually think that was probably more bryce's fault like that was like a i haven't played first base for a long time and got a little over aggressive maybe try and let stock go get that ball and get back to first base but even all the other hits, you know, but Bell had a great at bat against him too. It was like, you know, he's up, he's got two strikes on all the batters yeah. too. You know, obviously his stuff, I mean, he was throwing, he was amped to start the game. Like he was throwing 98. It was like, you know, he clearly had, uh, had some adrenaline going at the beginning of the game. Uh, here is, is my, one of my questions for you that I was just thinking about this during the game. And, and I know, um, you know, people who follow the Phillies have kind of talked about this a lot, but in terms of just like, Philadelphia free agent signings. He is way up there. Like the Phillies paid, I think it was, I looked it up. It was five years, $118 million for him. And, you know, say, I I think most people like John Middleton in Philadelphia because, you know, he's throwing baseballs out before the game and he he talks about, he he wants to spend stupid money. And, you know, he sits in like whatever the, the 700 level of citizens bank park is like all of those things. But, but I know a lot of owners in baseball, they, they cry poor, right? And, and I think you see, you know, some of these big budget teams this year, like you don't always need a big budget to, um, you know, build an efficient baseball team. It's just kind of one of those sports. And, um, you know, you, you've seen small market teams be run really well. Uh, it's just cool that he got a lot of money, like $118 million, a lot of money, and he's underpaid. Like, like he has been yeah. absolutely fantastic through uh you know the first four years of that contract so far and you know now you're adding like big playoff performances and i know that marlins lineup is not very good but that's what nay should do he should make them look bad which is what he did like all of his pitches when he was missing he was missing by like this much off the plate he had that fastball working he had the sinker working he had the slider or sweeper whatever the hell it is called uh working he was he was fantastic and it's like you said, like, yeah, I ran into a little bit of trouble in uh in that seventh inning, but the first six innings, he was just cruising. Like, I thought for a minute there, you know, he was at like 40 pitches through four innings. I was like, is this guy going to go like a complete game in, in this? And, yeah. you know, he ran into a little bit of trouble, but yeah, just great outing from him. 
Yeah, I started looking up like all these stats. How many like Phillies pitchers have gotten like eight shutout innings in the playoffs and all this this stuff uh, there? I mean, he goes, you're right. I mean, what what a signing, what a run he's had for four years. Like you mentioned, 43 and 25 with a 3.06 ERA in the regular season. And now this postseason resume that he's building. So he's had seven starts here over the last two postseasons, a 2.55 ERA in seven postseason starts. Like, that is silly. I mean, he's allowed two runs or fewer uh, in five of the seven. And, like, all the, again, the list they were showing, I think it was Hamels, uh, Cliff Lee, Steve Carlton, and now Wheeler, guy, Phillies pitchers who have had at least three starts with six runs, six innings uh, at least, and one run or fewer. So, like, I know it's cheap because you're getting, you know, you get more starts now uh, than you did back in the day, but still, it's, it's, it's rare and comforting to have the uh, the pitcher who you actually, you, you're just like, all right, I trust this guy. I don't know if it's going to work out, but I trust him. Like, you know, we won't have that again probably until he pitches again uh, <laughs> in, uh, in hopefully the next series here. But yeah, what a luxury to have. He's just, you know, not that you expect the guy to come through every single time, but uh, he has come through over and over again. So phenomenal job by Zach Wheeler. All right. We're going to take a little quick break. I mentioned how uh, Rich and I love the uh, the nonsense of sports. So, of course, when we come back, we might be the only Phillies post-game pod that's getting to like Dusty Wathen within the first 15 minutes because we got to talk That's A-block it. stuff. Get ready to start the NFL week off right because right now all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Bears and Commanders and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. Let's see, what do I like in this game? I like the Commanders, minus five and a half. I think they're going to be able to move the football. Let's go Terry McLaurin, anytime touchdown. And let's go Sam Howell over 239 and a half passing yards. I think they can hit on some big plays in the passing game against that Chicago defense. You can do that or build your own. Choose from one of the or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. And FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app now and take advantage of their great special offers, boosts, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Philly so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. You're right. I probably should have led it with Dusty Watson. should have led with talk this. About, I think most people I mean, comic, comic relief. I mean, I didn't, I, I, the hardest I laughed tonight, other than, you know, Craig Kimbrell, I, I think it was too tense when he threw the ball down. I don't think I laughed until I started explaining, talking about it with you. And then I'm like, all right, I can laugh about that now. But in real time, I was laughing when they show the replay of Dusty Wathen putting up the stop sign <laughs> to Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper completely ignoring him. And then if you watch this replay, there's a moment where Wathen's like, I guess I'll put my arms down now. <laughs> His arms just come down. All right, I guess he's not listening to me and he's going to go. Uh, well, I mean, who knew? Dusty Wathen, we could have done like a seven-part preview of, of this series of the Phillies playoffs. I don't know that Dusty Wathen would have come up. But he's absolutely, you mentioned it. I mean, this is A-block stuff. The night he had tonight, first inning, 
does not send Kyle Schwarber uh, on the Alec Bohm liner to right field. Kyle Schwarber just like rolls his eyes at him as he gets back to third base. Uh, I don't know if he sent Castellanos or not in the fourth or if that was Castellanos just kind of on his own, but Castellanos gets thrown out uh, at home. And then, of course, Bryce Harper there in the uh, in the eighth inning. Castellanos rips one to left field. Harper runs through the stop sign and scores. Uh, what was your favorite part? about? Maybe this is the Dusty Wathen game. I was thinking like, you know, to Cliff, what do we title this episode? Because it wasn't, you know, you could go Wheeler, but it wasn't like one specific player. This might be the Dusty Wathen game, I think. I think it's a Dusty Wathen game. I don't <laughs> think a third base coach has cost the team three runs, three, as Cliff's given us a thumbs up on that. Three separate times he made the wrong decision. And it was, I mean, it was something, you know, it's, it's funny, Shill. I've actually, I covered a, a Reading Phillies series. I was doing something on like Zach Eflin when he was a prospect and I got sent on a freelance assignment to, uh, to Reading. This was like, you know, it's like six, seven years ago at this point. Okay. Um, and Dusty Wathen was the manager of the team at the time oh. or whatever. Seems like a nice guy. Seems like somebody who might be like a major league manager at some point. Like, I, I think he has a chance to be, I know he's been the, uh, the Phillies third base coach for a long time. Like we, we watch a lot of Phillies games. I can't say that. I, I mean, I obviously knew Dusty Watham was the third base coach, but I can't say like he stuck out for being bad ever before for me. Like I, you know, I, I feel like a third base coach should almost be like how people talk about officials in other sports. Like you, you yeah. shouldn't know they're there or whatever. And, and I like feel a like right guard in football. Yeah. If you yeah. don't notice them. Yeah, it's good. you, he generally passes that test. I, I can't say I'm like, oh man, Dusty Watson. Like I remember and, and RIP to John Vukovic, but I remember like when I was younger, I would go to a couple games like a year and, and there were times when John Vukovic would get like Pat Burrell thrown out by like 45 feet. Like, and it was, it was unbelievable that he was sending them. And I was like, okay, this is like actually like a disadvantage right now. <laughs> like, this is, this is killing me. Dusty Watson has never done that. The, Let's start with the last one because it's so unbelievable. He put the stop sign up for Harper. He was safe by like a mile. And <laughs> and I know <laughs> that Bryce Harper, he was never going to stop running. Like Bryce Harper, right. amazing player. One of the things that you have to live with during the year is I don't think there's a player in baseball that gets thrown out by 30 feet just doing it on his own more than Bryce Harper. He's just, he's very aggressive. I think he loves like throwing the helmet off and running with the, you know, look, looking like that. Uh, so there was no way he was going to stop, but it's like you said, like he's all the way down the third baseline. Bryce Harper is around third base. They have no shot to get him. It would have taken like one of the great throws in history. I think there was one out. So you don't even have like the sacrifice element of it up. There's like a left. It's just, it was insane. And I mean, you know, like that was bad enough. The Schwarber play in the first inning, like I think I could at least give him the benefit of the doubt that Kyle Schwarber is probably the worst base runner in baseball, right? Like, you know, we were, I was talking with some of my friends about this. I think seven of the nine Phillies score on the Trey Turner double. Like, I think maybe Bone yeah. gets held up there too. Everybody else is scoring fairly easily, I think. And, you know, you don't have to be like a complete speedster. Uh, so I, I guess he has that element, but even that one, like the right fielder is. He has to make the catch across his body and then throw home. And Kyle yeah. Schwerber, like you said, he even wrote like Kyle Schwerber looked at him like he looks at an umpire after the guy like 
Kyle Schwerber with a great eye when the umpire blows the call and he knows like the strike zone better than the umpire does. Um, for for Schwerber to do that while running the bases is pretty funny because he feels like a pretty self aware guy, and he listened to him. It was it was rough, man, to go over three on those calls. But I, I guess it's really funny that we can do it, and and it could kind of become a funny game more than a legendary game because it happened in a win and not a loss. Yeah, seriously, man. Can you imagine if this if we're talking about the Phillies lost and the reason why is because of the third base coaches? decisions. Uh, I'm with you on the Schwarber one. I was like on the fence at the time. I'm kind of like, all right, that's only one out, you know, so you don't want to get thrown out at home there. It's the first inning. Uh, you stay there. The the next guy up has a chance to drive you in. Now, no one drove him in. It, it, you know, you have that first inning where the first two at bats, you're like, oh, this is great. All right, just hang like three on him in the first inning and we'll be feeling good. And of course they get two men on and then they don't score any of them. But yeah, he, he had that one. Schwarber didn't like that uh, at all. And then, uh, the, I mean, it would have been the shocker of like in Philly's playoff history if Bryce Harper looked at Dusty Wathen there and was like, okay, I'll stop. I mean, to your point, anyone who has watched this team and watched this play, he has ne- Bryce Harper has never hit a ball to the outfield that he thinks is a single. I mean, he every single time, literally, like I, I really, I can't think of, unless it's just like, all right, you're not even going to be halfway. If he thinks he can get to at least halfway between first oh, and yeah. second, He's making he's, make that throw. He, he's going for it. Yeah, he's going. He's going for it. That's first to second, and of course, uh, you know, to home. And also, we've seen Bryce Harper is this like uh, emotional guy. He he was the last guy on the team to get a hit tonight, and when he got a hit, he was probably still mad because it was that little blooper. Like he didn't yeah. get all of it. He's probably just like I'm scored from here. No matter what happens, I need to release some emotions once I cross home plate. Eduardo Perez, I, I think, uh, said something like you know, there's a right time to ignore the third base coach. It's when you think you can make it. I'm like, all right, you have you have not watched Bryce Harper. He thinks he can make it like literally 100% uh, of the time. So um, that was fun. I, I enjoyed every aspect of the Dusty Wathen game. It, it was very funny. The ESPN replays did not do him any favors because no. when you looked at it from the both the Schwarber and the Harper play, you looked at it, it was like, Man, that is like a long throw in the Schwarber case. And then it's like you said, the funniest moment is when he puts his arms down. It's just, I think we're lucky though, because he gets out of the way at like the last second. Like he might have tripped Bryce Harper. Like I felt like he was pretty close to the baseline. I don't know exactly where That's third base point. coaches stand because, yeah. you know, the, the camera is always focused on the the throw and, and the ball getting in. So you don't actually get to see that part. But Bryce was like pretty close to him and you know, I, I think that was the only way he was stopping him by actually like physically tackling him or something like that. <laughs> but I do wonder if Dusty Wathen goes home tonight and he just like, you know, his, you know, he sees his wife and kids maybe tomorrow morning. He's like, man, I had a rough one last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, what happened? Normally you're not really involved. You're just kind of hanging out there. <laughs> oh my god yeah i hope he doesn't have the yips i mean i don't know how this works with the third base coach you have a bad <laughs> night like that like who knows what tomorrow uh is going to bring he's tomorrow there's like a, a soft hit ball to uh to the outfield <laughs> and he's putting up the stop sign on like trey turner from second base like no 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 he can't <laughs> oh well, yeah he, he's probably just guessing you know out there either you put him up or you put the stop you have one of two options Either you're waving them or you're putting the stop sign up and it's hard. Listen, it's a hard job. You, you got to keep one oh, yeah. eye out, out there. You know, it's, it could be uh, a close call. Who knows 
what's going to happen there. And yeah, then, I mean, Castellanos got, uh, I need to find a replay of what his direction was to Castellanos. I mean, because yeah, Castellanos, I mean, that, was a, that was a very nice throw, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, that was kind of a, a laser. Uh, Chisholm caught it and just like in one felt swoop, just <laughs> chucked it to home plate. But yeah, he was out by a pretty wide margin. Again, luckily those, I mean, those are two runs. So yeah, if this was, if they lost by one, we're actually probably not laughing at all. And we're just like on here leading the show with what the hell, man. They're one game away from being knocked out of the playoffs because of Dusty Wathen. So glad to not be living in that alternate universe. Eh, something to keep an eye on tomorrow. Adds excitement to game two for sure. They, sh- uh, they we- should get them some practice before the game. Like they should I like, agree. you know, get some simulations, you know, get Bryce running yeah. around third base. Just, just work out the kinks, you know, get get back yeah. into sending guys, you know, you'll figure it out. I think that maybe we give him a standing out. Does he get introduced yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. It could be a confidence thing. Yeah. He walks out to the third base <laughs> box and you give him kind of a, a oh pity standing God, out. That would be so funny. If he comes out tomorrow and the broad, what's going on? The broadcasters, Dusty Wathen gets the standing ovation. We're gonna, we're gonna need you. We're gonna, you know, it's like a, it's like when a, a cornerback drops an interception or something and he's all down. Now oh, we're gonna need you. Next play mentality, Dusty. All right, that was Dusty Wathen. Uh, how the Phillies scored their runs? Of course, we talked about Dusty Wathen before. We're talking about how the Phillies uh, scored their runs. Uh, third inning, Johan Rojas. Tremendous at bat. I mean, really, maybe the at bat of the game, really. I mean, nine pitch at bat. It's it's 0-0 at that time. Uh, He singles, uh, moves to second on, I forget if it was the pass ball or a wild pitch, and then the two-out double from Alec Boehm. I felt like they really needed that right there with the way the first inning went. I'm like, I do not want it to be the fifth or sixth inning where we're saying like, all right, Zach Wheeler's pitching well, but still scoreless here. So, um, I mean, Rojas, just like, you know, the, the random baseball stuff, a guy who beginning of the season, what Johan Rojas. And now all of a sudden he's having a huge at bat here in the first game of the playoffs. So, uh, how are you feeling about that? And how are you feeling in the first when they didn't score? Were you like, this is a bad sign of things to come or were you feeling all right? I, I was a little nervous and, and here's why that Lazardo is good. And, and I, right. you know, I've, I've watched enough tough losses to this, this baseball team that nobody watches down in, in Miami that like, like that guy is, and they're, you know, he's probably their third best pitcher. Like they have some very good pitching. I know Alcantara has been, you know, not as good this year, but having him hurt and then having uh Yuri Perez hurt too. Like they, they definitely have a, a really nice rotation and this guy is like really hard on lefties. And so once the Phillies couldn't capitalize on that in, in the first inning, especially with Bohm up, the, you know, it felt like Bohm second and third. Like that's just like got it like feel like he's gonna do something good there instead of kind yeah. of a, a a fly out there. And then, you know, he's tough on lefties. And I I guess she like at the beginning of the series when you see that the Marlins are just they're they're loaded with lefties. Like their two starters are lefties. They have these four guys in the bullpen that are all pretty good lefties. I don't like that as a Phillies fan because it's for the very simple reason, because the two best hitters on the team and the two guys that hit the ball out of the ballpark are left-handed hitters. And that's like fundamentally, it's just a hard thing to deal with. And and you see it with Bryce who, you know, he finally gets the hit at the end, but he had some tough at bats. Like he was not picking up that guy's slider that well. And, and that feels like a way to, uh, to kind of neutralize the Phillies. So good pitcher, but the, what you have to do, and, and this is why the Phillies have spent money, Castellanos, on Turner, on JT, all these guys. The righty's got a mash, right? Like, it's it's much easier for those guys to hit. And I was very happy with them 
pretty good at bats early on. I would say like when Wheeler was getting ahead in the count, Luzardo was not getting ahead in the count. They were kind of spitting on those sliders that were not getting in the zone. And, uh, and, and the righties did their job, right? You have Turner. I know he didn't score, but Turner hits one into the corner for a double. Boom hits one into the corner for a double. Um, Castellanos at the end hits one into the corner for a double. Uh, JT gets a hit. Like all of the righties, I would say kind of did their job while playing weirdly like a small ball game. Like the Phillies weren't really close at all to hitting a home run tonight, but look, the the righties hit the ball pretty hard. And and I agree with you that the Rojas hit bat was huge, right? Like he, you know, I I was kind of yelling at my TV, like, can you take one of these? I, I know they're close, but like, this would be awesome if you could just get on base with Schwarber yeah. coming up next, but he has that great at bat and then he gets the base hit. So nice job by him. And then a nice job by uh, Christian Pache, who his first at bat was absolutely horrendous. And I'm thinking oh like, God. man, like yeah. I'm thinking like, all right, we, we they could play Marsh if that's what you're going to do. Like, I mean, he could do yeah. that and you know, they can have him in the game for, uh, for righties later. Um, but you know, he gets the, he gets up in the count. Uh, I think it was him and Stott back to back. They, they get up in the count and then they hit the ball hard up the middle, which is uh, was great to see. So I, I thought their approach, not the entire night, but in some of the key spots were good. And, you know, obviously the runners in scoring position was a little bit weird, but they got the leadoff hitter on a lot tonight, too. So I, I it wasn't perfect, but I, I generally like their approach against a guy that I was scared was going to give him trouble just because he's a tough lefty. Yeah, I thought the approach, you're right, that, that Pache uh, first at bat. Definitely stands out. You know, Harper had some tough ones. Schwarber had the single early, but then he struck out two times. But I agree with the approach overall. Like, this wasn't a game where you're just frustrated, you know, at bat after at bat going, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? Like, what's going Like, they had a nice, every time they got up there, um, they knew what they were doing. Lazardo, 90 pitches through four innings. I mean, really like, good. yeah, if you would have told me that coming into the game, we would have been like, all right, they have a great chance um, to win this one. So uh, you nailed it in, in the fourth reel. Muto had the single. Castellanos has the bloop double. By the way, great hustle by Castellanos on yeah. that one. You know, like I, he got into second. I was like, oh, okay. He was running uh, as soon as he hit that one. You, you said it. Stott had the single. And Pache, uh, I was with you. After Pache's first at bat, I'm going, all right, why'd they overthink this? You know, baseball man. Just Brandon Marsh is a better player. He's been one of yep. your better hitters all season. And now you got to overthink it. The guy, Pache's hit 073 since he came back in September. And just because it's a lefty, you got to put him in there. What are you doing? And then he comes up big and has the single uh, in the fourth inning there, which uh, I love a Pache because he, like his, as soon as he knows he got a hit, his first thought is, I'm looking at the dugout and pointing like doesn't matter game situation. What's going on? Like that's his he's like, I'll get to first base eventually. But first, I'm going to enjoy this. So uh, he had the single there and they go up three nothing in the fourth. And then we talked about it in the eighth. Uh, Castellanos drives Harper in. So I was almost like it got to a point where I'm like, all right, they're in a good spot. Like maybe like I'm like, I'm not going to mind if Harper doesn't get a hit because then he'll be extra mad tomorrow. He'll probably hit two home runs. He'll be good. So I think he probably still has that uh, in him. But yeah, like you said, they didn't they didn't hit any home runs tonight. They didn't come close to hitting any home runs tonight. Uh, they score four runs, got a lot of hits. They had, what, eight hits, I think, off of uh, Lazardo, and they had 11 hits overall here. So uh, yeah, they, they, they did a good job. I mean, it seemed like they had something going um, almost every inning. Trey Turner, you mentioned. Phenomenal Trey Turner. Awesome game. Like Phillies playoff debut. I mean, all, anything, all you could ask for. Reached base three times. 
Uh, I looked at this. I, I like looking at all the like, you know, the, the baseball nerd stats that they have that they don't have for other sports. He had two of the four hardest hit balls by any player in any game on Tuesday. You, you look at all the at-bats in every game. He had two of the four hardest hit balls. Uh, he reaches base three times, has two stolen bases. Um, what more could you ask for, right, from from Trey Turner's Phillies playoff debut? And stole those bases by a mile both times, yeah. too. And uh, yeah, I mean, just keeps the keeps the perfect streak going. Yeah, he was, he was terrific, made, you know, it's funny. I, I remember one of the most frustrating games of the regular season was that crazy extra inning game against the, the Marlins where I think the, the Trey Turner discourse, like it was like, man, this guy, we, we've been mentioning how bad he's been, but like, wow, like he's actually like losing them. That was rock right bottom, now. right? Yeah. And you know, he, he doesn't make that play, which, you know, I, I believe was like a backhand kind of play in the hole, but like a play that he has to make. And the night he's making those plays, right? Like he's, he's doing a good job there uh, as well. So that's, that's a huge thing, right? They, they have him up in the order. So where if they throw these lefties, they kind of, you know, got to throw these sliders and, you know, they, obviously Lizardo has good stuff, but it's, it's much easier to see for him. He's got a mash against them and he did a great job. So I was very happy with him. Happy with Castellanos. The other thing I, I enjoy about this Phillies team, they celebrate bloop singles more than any team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like you would think they would just save the, uh, you know, the big balls dance and Castellanos with the, uh, uh, the fake middle finger, you know, the, the, the ring, ring finger. finger yeah. Kind of I thing. didn't know that either, by the way, where you like, I, I was sure that he just thought it was the bird I, to the dugout. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. That especially because, especially because we've seen with the Phillies, like they're not like the most politically <laughs> correct bunch, I would say. Right. Like, yeah. would that stun me if there was an inside joke that involves Nick Castellanos giving the middle finger while, <laughs> you know, a camera and, Three million people are watching, or something like that. No, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. Uh, they they've chanted "F you, Trey," and and not saying "F" um, on there. So it's, I, I don't know. It's it's been funny, but yeah, it's just like you mentioned, Pache. Like you know, Castellanos is celebrating bloop doubles, and it, it's great. Like I I do think they, it, you know, you, you saw earlier today. Like, did you see the the Rays crowd earlier today? Oh yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I told actually like, I'm like, if the Phillies play the Rays in the world series, we'll just fly to Tampa and go to the games there. It'll be cheaper. It'll be way cheaper. The lowest um, worst crowd in like what there was some historical, I, I, I didn't see yeah. like what year or what it said. Right. I, I believe Tyler Kep Kepner looked it up and it was the lowest since, uh, since the black Sox scandal in 1919. Oh yeah. Which, <laughs> Uh, I guess, uh, Holy cow. I guess the people got turned away by all the, uh, by all the Arnold <laughs> Rusty and cheating and all of those things and that, but I mean, to just like, obviously that is one end of the spectrum, but, but I do think these guys in particular do feed off this crowd. Right. And, and, you know, they, I know they lost the two, two games at home in the world series, but like if they get an early lead, it's, it's a very intimidating place to play. And the, the crowd is very into it. You just saw people standing the entire game. Um, and it was just, you know, like I, I realized kind of once they take that three nothing lead, once Wheeler is cruising, it's like this is you don't realize it quite as much when it's the home team. It's the team you follow all the time because you're nervous about other things and things like that. But if I am an opposing fan, I'm like, man, that is like not a fun place to play. It. Like that yeah. crowd is into it. Their players cl clearly feed off of it. And, and I thought they did a, a relatively good job of that tonight, too. Yeah, no, the the crowd was awesome tonight. The crowd la crowds last year I thought were just like 
epic for our lifetime, like Philadelphia sports crowds. I thought they were right up there uh, with any that I've seen. And yeah, for those who don't know what we're talking about with the Castellanos thing, maybe you were at the game or just, you know, weren't paying close. It looked like he he, he got the double and it looked like he flipped the bird to the dugout and they just showed it was really quick live, but then they kind of showed her a, a replay and I was like, oh wait, yeah, no, that is what he's doing. And then they came back from break and they were like, no, 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 he's showing his ring finger. They're like, all right, let's get that championship ring. This is the thing the Phillies are doing. I wish I was personally shocked. I'm like, no, 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 that can't be true. You're looking at the wrong finger. He had to be flipping the bird. He was not flipping the bird there. So uh, nice touch. So nice job out of Castiano. So I'm looking to see what else I had here. Rich in my notes. What did you think of the Reese Hoskins uh, throwing out the first pitch there? I, I thought it was really good. I, I did think like the Phillies maybe overplayed it a little bit. Like I think they were there were some tweets like, man, this is this is somebody from almost beyond I think I read beyond the world of sports, which that that can't be right. Yeah, they said something on the radio or something too, right? Yeah, they were building it up quite a bit. It made me think like beyond the world of sports, like, is it going to be like Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Swift or the president or somebody like, like what is going on? Like right now, like with, you know, it's, it's a wild card. It's a wild card series game. Uh, I think it was a fantastic choice. I love that, uh, that Reese is just a good guy and just like, you know, he, he's stuck with this team the entire year. Like, I, and I think it's still a long shot, you know, they, they have to actually reach the world series for him to even have a chance to play. You know, that was what Kyle Schwerber, Kyle Schwerber probably can talk to him a little bit about it because that's what yeah. he did when the uh, when the Cubs won the World Series, tore his ACL earlier in the year, came back for the World Series, played that. I would love for that to be a storyline. But Reese, who is somebody this team really missed, obviously he would have been one of those righty hitters that would have mashed against the uh, the lefty in the Knights game. Um, you know, he's been with the team the entire year. Like he was celebrating with Rojas when they clinched and Rojas had the walk-off hit like Reese Hoskins is out there. So I think it was an awesome choice. And obviously like that is somebody who had a lot of really great moments specifically at citizens bank park last year in the playoffs. So uh, I would say awesome choice, probably build it up to make it seem a little more mysterious, you know, like, but like, I, I will say one thing about the Sixers who I've dealt with for a long time, like they don't usually like, if they have a good bell ringer, they kind of just keep it under wraps. They're not going to be like, Oh man, you're not going to believe uh, who this is going to be. So maybe just like you know, let, let Reese go out there next time. But excellent choice. So. You you and I I think are similar in that respect. Like we're kind of like anti hype guys. You know, just like yeah. let it let it let it do its thing. It'll work out. You know, Reese Hoskins will come out there. Everyone will be excited. Everyone will cheer. You don't need to. I don't even know. I don't know how much they built it up. But you're right. It was like a topic of conversation on threads for Phillies fans earlier today. Who's going to throw out the first pick? Hey, you don't need that. Just you know, have him go up there. Um, so it was a nice moment. It was cool. He got to throw it to Schwarber. Uh, had a nice hug uh, afterwards. So yeah, I thought that was definitely cool. What did you think about, do I have this right? That Bryce Harper wore an Iverson t-shirt to the game, but then changed into a Trey Turner t-shirt? Like once he was on the field? Is it, Do I have that right? Do you know? Can you confirm this? He was wearing an Iverson shirt and, you know, kind of walking into the building. And then it seems like he had at least one Trey Turner shirt on. Like the, the man clearly got a bunch of graphic t-shirts commissioned uh, with famous athletes. Uh, I, I just wonder sometimes, uh, Bryce, he, he loves he loves pandering to us. And, and you know what? We love the pandering back, even if I will we'll call it out for what it is. Um, I just wonder, like, what is his closet like? Does he just have, yeah. like... 
even obscure Philadelphia sports stuff because he, he brings it all the time. And, uh, yeah, he, he certainly, uh, I, I mean, he, he's got a lot of shirts and a lot of jerseys and a lot of hats and all of those things. And I mean, look, it's, it's funny, like with that, with Cassianos giving the, the ring finger celebration, which I think is like kind of weird. If it wasn't this team, I would, I, I think I would be a little more of a curmudgeon but I like these guys. I don't know. I, I just think these guys are yeah. are pretty genuine people. They're lovable. Yeah, they're lovable. They're especially in Cassianos's case. Like we've seen his flaws in front of us. We've seen him overcome those flaws. We've seen him be very honest about those flaws. Yeah. Bryce, I think, is is a very similar type of guy where he's just this stoic, uh, you, you know, kind of this gamer type person. And yeah, they had playoff success last year. That always helps as well. So they they do. I, I would say like get away with stuff where I'd be a little more, eh, eh, do you really need to do that? Where, whereas like if they want to do the, uh, the Sam Cassell dance after every blue pit, do it. Like, go ahead, keep going. <laughs> Harper's like Instagram algorithm probably looks like mine. Like I was just talking to Cliff. Cliff's like, what's your sweatshirt? Where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, this is, this is just like a cartoon Michael Jordan looking down at a bunch of like basketball players from the nineties. Like you think I'm going to see that on my Instagram stories and not click on it and like order the sweatshirt. Right away, what are you nuts? Like, you know, like yeah, I got, I, got, I just have a like a, a sweatshirt of just chart like a like a '90s Charles Barkley with like Fresh Prince type theme behind him. Like, come on, that's the, that's the stuff I'm gonna wear. So don't worry about it, Bryce Harper. Listen, they had they know us, they know our taste. We click, you know. Sometimes you're just randomly, yeah, I'm gonna purchase that. You know what I mean? That, that's absolutely. why. Absolutely, yeah. What are you gonna say no when something good like that pops up? You, you know, I only have so much willpower, so. He, Good job by him. He probably went to like <laughs> Shibe Sports or one of those things. And that's just his entire Instagram now because he's just he's just rocking Philly sports gear all the time, which yeah. is great. Hey, look, you know, that's we know the way those social media companies work. You click on one of them one time and that's all you that's see after right. that for a while. That's, so that's all you say. Good job. They, they make it easy for him. All right. That's a nice job by him. Now, uh, what else do I have here? All right, we talked about the decision to start Pache. Speaking of the broadcast, did you notice like early in the game, especially they were late getting to the hit? Like you would, the guy would swing, you would hear the crack of the bat, and then you wouldn't know where the ball went. Am I crazy? Did did you notice this also or no? I, I didn't, but I also okay. completely believe it, and that's something that is <laughs> is is common in baseball. And I'm happy you didn't bring it up to me while the while the game was happening because it would have driven yeah. me crazy if I found <laughs> would, it. Yeah. You would have been I, outraged. I okay. still can't get over it. That ninth inning thing was unbelievable. <laughs> was amazing. What a game. Uh, now, do you, you mentioned uh, you listened to the, high, the pod um, with me and the High Hopes guys. Do you know Jack Fritz at all or no? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just in, a little bit. And kind of, you know, being I mean, on, online type of friends and stuff like that. And certainly yeah. have, have followed him with this whole Trey Turner thing as well. I mean, listen, Jack Fritz, if you're, you're going to be insufferable with this. I mean, getting the I shout know. out. On the actual broadcast, where first they, it was actually funny. They're like, "Yeah, you know the producer who did this," and I'm like, "Ooh, are they gonna say producer but not mention his name?" But then Carl Ravitch, listen, that's a good reporter. That's a good journalist. Longtime listeners of mine know I at one point wrote a, a story on the Ravens analytics guy. Ravens play on Monday night. Joe Tessitore starts talking about the whole story. They show the guy in the booth. No reference to the story of where you got that information that was written days earlier. So Joe Tessitore takes some notes 
uh, from Carl Ravage. But uh, listen, Fritz, if you're listening, we know you're going to be take your victory lap. Very cool. Your name got mentioned. You deserve it. But you are going to be insufferable about this. And at some point, we're probably going to have to smack you down a little bit. So yeah, just that that's going to be coming uh, at some point. But that that, that was hilarious. Because yeah, at first I'm like, wait, they're not going to say his name? Oh, no, they did uh, say his name. And I think he was at the game. So uh, I don't even think he heard it live there. All right. They, they said they said he deserved a ring too, and it's you yeah. Know, David Cohn said that, right? Yeah. I was like, "What is happening?" I, <laughs> Joe, I would be so if I was Jack, I would be so insufferable. There was one time that's true. I wrote You're a story right. for a a meaning. It was during no, it was like it was like an ESPN Sixers game. I or remember and Mike this. Breen, who I've been uh, got a little bit friendly with because I went to Fordham and I introduced myself or whatever. Oh. He shouts out my story and mentions my name on it. I, I thought of, I still think about that today. That was like, yeah. you know, a January game against the Celtics or something like yeah. that, whatever, like a quick mention. They said on a playoff broadcast <laughs> that he deserves a ring. So I, Jack might be you insufferable, know what, you're right. but he, he deserves it's it. It's kind of yeah. hard not to be insufferable after that. David Cohn, I mean, David Cohn literally says, you deserve a ring <laughs> if the Phillies win. I know he's dying, already wanted like probably anything more than anything in his life for the Phillies to win the World Series, and now maybe he gets the ring. All right. I think those are all the notes I had, Rich. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else uh, you, you want to... Ha- Real quick, how are we feeling about Wednesday night? I guess we'll do a little quick. We got Aaron Nola against Braxton Garrett. Uh, I think you and I probably share similar feelings about Aaron Nola. But now, after they won game one, I'm kind of like, you know, with Nola going in, it's not like that high pressure of a spot. It's not like losing your ad. I would have been dreading if they lost this game and Nola had to pitch game two. I'd be on here with you saying they're done. I can't believe they're losing game two. But now that the pressure's off a little bit, maybe he comes through. How, how, how are you feeling? Is this going to go three or are they going to take care of business uh, in game two? Well, I, I certainly feel better, obviously, because I would have, I mean, I, I don't know, would I have slept tonight if, if they lost a yeah. game and, and we were facing... Nola having to save the season. That's, I mean, these look, this wild card round, I, I will say, like, if they do advance into the next round, game one of the next round is going to be a heart attack, obviously, if it's a close game. It's like basically your season, though, if, if you're, you're down one nothing with, with Nola on the mound the next day. And, and look, I'm not criticizing the wild card round that we didn't, we do not get the, the World Series run last year without this, uh, Without that beautiful addition by Rob Manfred, who I'm sure everybody loved. No, everybody doesn't love, but whatever. Uh, Adding that has helped us. Um, Yeah, I I think I do feel better. And I I hope the other thing, too, is that the bats get going a little bit better. I mean, I, you know, Garrett does not seem quite as good as Luzardo to me, just, you know, in terms of of stuff. So I kind of just hope the bats kind of get out to a a, a big lead and let Nola Cruz. I I definitely feel, you know... uh, there are a lot of people putting a lot of stock into the last two starts for Nola. And I agree. He was very good in those starts. It's two starts. Like a, a decent, even a below average pitcher runs into two good starts once in a while. Yeah. I know, you know, they were, they were in the closing game. So it's, it is such a relief though, that we will watch that game. And if Aaron Nola gets killed, it's like, okay, they, they have another chance the next day. Uh, so I'm hoping he can keep it going. I will say he did throw a great game in this round last year too. They got up one nothing. They win that crazy game in St. Louis, and he was awesome. That was one of his best starts uh, as a Philly. They didn't give him a lot of run support that night. He didn't need it. Um, so I guess we, we just got to hope. You know, I, I feel like some of those bad losses to the Marlins over the years, though, have been 
because Aaron Nola has not pitched that well. Yeah. 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 Uh, Garrett on the season nine and seven with a 3.66 uh, ERA, 10 quality starts in uh, 30 starts on the season. It, you're, you're right. If Nola pitches well, then we might be like, well, that's three straight good starts for Marinola. Maybe he's just going to catch fire here on a playoff run, cash out. Again, I said, I'll drive him to the airport, St. Louis, wherever he wants to go. I'll help him pack, uh, you know, cash out there. Um, but we'll see. I think that they're good. You know, this is probably the Capadia curse, and I shouldn't say it. I think they're going to win now uh, on Wednesday night, game two, and take the series. I think Aaron Nola is going to pitch well. And I'm more with you. I think the bats will we'll see some, some home runs out of this lineup, maybe. Uh, in game two, they were saving them. You know, it's like every Phillies game we've watched in our lifetime when they score like 11 one day, Absolutely. you're like, all right, tomorrow yeah. we know they're not scoring. It's just, I, I don't have the numbers on it, but it's like a hundred, it's happened a hundred percent of the time. I mean, there's no doubt about it. All right. We'll wrap up here. Thanks to Rich. Listen, go subscribe to Rich's newsletter. It's the only newsletter that arrives in my inbox that I'm excited for, that I read every morning, Monday to Friday. He, he recaps what happened the night before. He sets the table for the day ahead. He adds, adds his wonderful Rich Hoffman spin, some weird references where I'm like, all right, Rich has sort of that, you know, a demented mind where he's remembering something that happened in some random time and he's cooking it in here that I would have never otherwise remembered. Uh, so definitely go check that out from PHLY Sports. Rich, what's the easiest, they, they, wh where do they go? What's the easiest way to subscribe to that? You're Twitter, uh, the website, what, what's the best way? Yep. I, I would just say go to uh, my Twitter account, Rich underscore Hoffman. It's in the bio. And and guys, the key here, it's free. Like literally, it's, it's just free. free. Just, if, you, yeah. if you care about the Phil, I mean, obviously you care about the Phillies, um, care about the Eagles, you care about two of the four teams, one of the four teams a lot. I think you will find it worth your while. You can skip over the other sections, but I, I think you will find it worth your while because Look, there are some days where, you know, you have a job, you, you can't pay attention to everything, you know, you just want to go watch a movie or Netflix that night and you don't want to uh, pay attention to sports that night. I got you. The next day, you'll be caught up, you'll be good, all of those things. So yeah, at, uh, at PHLY Sports is another place to, uh, to look at it. But yeah, go to my Twitter account, check it out. Newsletters are coming back. I've said this because I don't want to be checking seven different social medias. To I can just read Rich's newsletter. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay, Sixers are opening training camp. I kind of forgot about that. What happened? And he tells me uh, what happened there. So uh, I love getting that. Definitely check that out. Also, Cliff reminded me we will have a same game parlay on FanDuel for Phillies game two Wednesday night against the Marlins. So be sure to check that out. All right. Thanks to Rip. Thanks to Rich for joining me. Thanks to Cliff for producing. We'll be back Wednesday. We'll do the Eagles film breakdown with Sean Syed, and then we'll be back Wednesday night to recap game two. The feed will be on fire this week. All right. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy game two. We'll talk to you soon. must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 
Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 